Nomad Church. Go. What's happening, Nomads? We're going to do something a little different. For the next several episodes, I'll be reading from the book, Nomad, Darkness into Light. If you want to follow along, order your copy today on our website, www.nomadchurch.net. Without further ado, let's get started. Introduction. Consider this book an appetizer. It's for lost souls seeking the strength to make it just one more day. It's not for those holy rose who think they know everything and would probably tell Jesus he's doing it all wrong. If you're offended, then perhaps you need to get some things right with God. Try to dedicate about 45 uninterrupted minutes to reading this book. It just might change your life forever. Scripture tells us Jesus walked or rode everywhere. In my opinion, if Jesus pursued his ministry on earth today, he would be a biker and identified as a nomad. The Bible mentions many people who lived as nomads, such as Moses and Noah, but none as influential as Jesus. I pray this leads the toughest people with the hardest hearts on the road to salvation. Godspeed. About the author. Life is all about mutual respect. Give to receive. It's time to get past the superficial things and realize that person's appearance does not determine the actions of their heart. One thing I don't do is debate. God meant what he said and didn't care about Snowflake's feelings. Neither do I. Fair use. Chapter 1. Appearance. Certain people refuse to conform to traditional values and feel like they don't fit in with society. Let me tell you, if you don't fit in, it's because you are meant to stand out. Society holds a person's appearance in the highest regard. Have you ever walked into a public place and noticed the first thing people do is scan you from head to toe? They're taking a mental picture of your first impression engaging the level of respect which they will associate you with forever. Take into consideration how Jesus looked. He was plain, had a beard, and wore sandals. Matter of fact, his hands had to be strong and rough because he was a carpenter. Mark chapter 6 verse 3 reads, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? So if Jesus himself can be average and still preach the living word of God in a mighty way, why are people today so judgmental on appearance? 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 reads, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There are plenty of people who look good in a suit, are very charismatic, and make you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. However, some of them are wolves in sheep's clothing. Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. One summer, a buddy of mine who had recently become a Christian came to work with me at an inner city church with a new client. During that service, a pastor said, I believe everyone in attendance will give $100. Jump to your feet and run it up to the altar. I don't want to see anyone in their seats. The pastor did this not once, not twice, but three times. Needless to say, I didn't participate. My buddy asked, is this what Christianity is all about? Focused on just getting money? I said, heck no. This is churchianity. There's a huge difference, brother. The entire sermon that day was how an average person couldn't manage their own money properly and they should give it to the church. 
However, in the Bible, a young rich man asked Jesus how to have eternal life. His answer, Matthew chapter 19, verse 21 reads, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Notice Jesus didn't tell the young man to give the money to him to handle. He said, give it directly to the poor. There's not one scripture that says Jesus touched money. The Bible teaches us to give our tithe of 10% in order to advance the kingdom of God. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22 reads, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. God doesn't need our money. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10 reads, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. But he made this provision for us to be obedient and put him before everything else. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 reads, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need including our money, folks. Unfortunately, far too many worship a false god of gold, oil, and dollars. God told us to test him with our money, so why don't you do just that? Find a ministry or reputable organization that helps people in need and make an offering. Here's what I mean. Label your seed offering with what you are believing God for, whether it be for a job, house, healing, etc. Write it down someplace before you submit the offering. Once the seed is planted, believe that God will provide your harvest. If you plant a financial seed, you will reap a financial harvest. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to fellowship with other like-minded believers for our spiritual growth. Matthew chapter 21, verse 13 reads, It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Let me put it this way. If you break a tooth, you go to the dentist. If you break a bone, you go to the hospital. But if your soul is broken, where do you go? The answer is church. However, be very careful. Some churches have staph infections. Simply put, some of the staff members are sick and contagious. Do your research and be cautious where you select to feed your soul. If it's not teaching from the Bible and calling sin for what it is, then you're in the wrong place. Remember, church is not where we go. It's who we are. Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 reads, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. After all, church is meant to serve the community, not take from it. Jesus didn't take anything, but he always gave himself. We must learn to live by the creed, less of me and more of Jesus. I've been asked many times what sets us apart. This question can be answered numerous ways, but we let our actions speak for themselves. Draw your own conclusions from these three statements. One. We are not in competition with other ministries. Our only purpose is to lead souls to Christ. Two, we are not in it for the money. There are no prophets making a profit here. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 17 reads, unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. People tithe and plant financial seed offerings in this ministry, which go directly to advancing the kingdom of God through evangelism and outreach. They know their hard-earned money is not going to some huckster that's buying private jets and living like a celebrity. 
We are ground pounders reaching lost souls the way Jesus intended. Number three, we only speak the word directly from the Holy Bible. John chapter 8 verse 32 reads, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. No sugarcoating, just the raw truth. Too many preachers have truth decay, which eventually leads to liabilities, which can kill you. People generally think of Jesus as a soft, humble son of God. Yes, for the most part, he is. However, he also had a temper. Matthew chapter 21 verse 12 reads, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. We must be very careful not to judge by appearance. So what if a person wears boots, jeans, leather, and rides a motorcycle? You mean to tell me the message or knowledge they have is worth less than the person in a suit who drives a luxury car? I think not. Matter of fact, I usually second-guess people in suits because in most of my experiences, they've usually had ulterior motives. Truth be told, some of those lukewarm preachers today would tell Jesus himself that he's doing it wrong. I've learned to look at the person's heart and actions, not their words or appearance. Stay tuned for the next episode as we continue reading Nomad, Darkness into Light. Well, Nomads, we hope you enjoyed the ride. Whatever app you're listening to this on, please subscribe to automatically receive our latest episodes, and we ask that you share this with at least 10 people to spread the word. If you're ready to give your life to Christ today, Stay tuned for the prayer of salvation. For more information, check out our website at www.nomadchurch.net. There you can donate, buy books, and visit our shop page for the latest merchandise. Remember, we love you and Godspeed. Repeat after me. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me with your precious blood and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and lead me on the road to salvation. I pray this prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.